You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Juice. Before we start the podcast, can you do me a big favor? You're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or somewhere. Make sure you give us a five-star review. All it does is help more people see our podcast. Let's start the show. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast recording this on a Tuesday night. I feel a little, I don't know, queasy after this game. It was a roller coaster ride. I think I puked seven times in the first half, but at the end of it, I was wiping the puke off my face. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. (laughs) The Kings got the job done in a wild, bizarre finish. To beat the Golden State Warriors 124 to 123. They were down 24 points in this game. They were hard to believe 27 of 42 from the free throw line, and they find a way to get it done. They win Group C. They are headed to the knockout round of the in season tournament with a game coming up Monday against the Pelicans. What a win tonight at Golden One Center. Kings are now 10 and 6 on the season, and the Warriors go back home 8 and 10. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Check out their website, northwestexteriors.com. I'm Juice Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? Oh, my God. I'm so glad you asked. I am so good. I am so good. I, if you asked me about two hours ago, was not good. Was not good at all. Why are you? Oh. Uh, I just wanted to go back. Uh, I was sending Morgan texts during this game. Oh, oh, we're going to expose my texts, are we? No, it's exposing my, the same, the emotions I think everyone could relate Proceed. to. 
Oh, man. We start at the end of the quarter. Mm-hmm. Morgan goes, shitty way to end a quarter. And then what happened at the very end of that quarter? That GP2 <laughs> buzzer beater. Yes. And she goes, even effing shittier. <laughs> Venting. I said, they overthink shit and go for home runs against this team. Awful finish. And then I said, King's got to wake the F up. No effing pace. <laughs> Morgan, it's not good. It's not good. This sucks. I had a feeling we'd get this game. How many open shots are they going to miss? I don't know, but I'm so annoyed. That's me. That's you. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I go, our guys are shrinking. Morgan in all caps, shrunk. (laughs) Sabonis passing up mid-range shots. Just an awful game. This is not fun. (laughs) And then I said, they own them flat out. Morgan says, it's just a fact now. Those were the emotions of Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan in the first half of this game. Deflation. Deflation. I mean, it was awful. And there is so much to go over in this game. Yes. I leave tonight going, man, you were down 24. You're playing awful basketball. There was no rhythm in that third quarter that... Seemingly lasted, I don't know, two hours that third quarter with all the stoppages and timeouts. And in the fourth quarter, there was a bit of a switch. Okay, the Kings were keeping it just close enough. Uh You said you want to start with the very end of this game, though, and then we can kind of break down everything that transpired because it was truly a bizarre night. Yeah, and I think think really breaking down the final couple of – uh, possessions, the sequences that were going down. I, I think that's important to go over because even then, even then, it felt like, wow, yep. do the Kings really want this? Is Steph Curry going to hit one of these daggers on the Kings that's going to send everyone going home crying? Go over it, please. Man, I'm looking back right now. It was 119-114 with okay. a minute 42 to go. It felt over at that point. Yep. Fox goes to the line. Makes one of two. I know. One of two. Just killing me. But it's 119, 115. They foul Curry. He goes to line. Makes it 121, 115 with a minute 31 to go. So they're up six with 90 seconds to go. And you're like, God, you got to play perfect here. Yep. De'Aaron comes down, knocks down a three ball. Oh, that was Cuts so nice. it to three. This sequence felt like the dagger. This was okay. my dagger of the game where I went, well, it's over. They left Draymond wide open for a three. And I was like, good, yeah, don't guard him. He had a couple tonight. He's not going to make another one. Misses it. No one guarding him, right? Somehow Wiggins goes without a body on him and tips it in to make it 123-118 with 58.8. And I went, well, that's just, you know, I I was sitting here thinking about, okay, we're going to talk about the first half, the missed free throws, and then down the stretch, you have to play perfect. They didn't play perfect. They lost. Then shit hits the fan. Fox gets fouled by Wiggins, makes one of two, and you're just, God, can you just make a free throw? Can you make two free throws in a row, Fox? Just for all of us. 123, 119 with 50 seconds to go. Then Curry throws an awful pass. I I, I was stunned by it. I was too. Stunned by yep. it. It's a turnover. Monk hits a three. It's now 123, 122 with 37 and a half, and you're like, well, it's a game again. It's a game again. <laughs> so then... 
Literally eight seconds later, Draymond Green throws the ball away. Dude, it was such a beautiful oh. turnover because it was Draymond and it was just like going. No, no one could even save it with the Warriors. It was just a miscommunication on their part. Then what happens? The end of the game, uh, Malik Monk hits a shot that I, I don't know how he does it. He's got Wiggins on him, but this guy, I've said it all year. First team all conference goes, I'm going to break down Wiggins. Good defender. Mm. I'm going to get a shot off. I, I don't know if he could ever re recreate that shot again. No. And you can call it lucky, whatever. That guy put it up, banked it in. Curry, I started looking down at this moment because I'm like, there's too much time left. There's <laughs> He hit the shot with 7.4. And I'm like, Wow, really? there was that much yes. time left? But oh, my they, God. They pressured pretty well. Yep. Curry kind of mishandled it. No timeouts. It. No timeouts, which will go over Gale, that. Yep, yep. And then, of course, Curry misses at the buzzer, and the Kings escape with a 124-123 win. Bizarre. Just absolutely bizarre. This Warriors team in desperate need of a win, getting Draymond Green back tonight, obviously had some extra juice. Played probably their best first half of basketball this season. Yes. I mean, I'm watching that game in the first half, Morgan, and I've, I'm like this. I've watched a lot of Warriors games. Yes. They've not played like this nope. this year, and they are looking like prime like warriors in defending champs, just completely on fire. Wiggins isn't missing anything. Clay, Clay Thompson, yep. Clay Thompson's all of a sudden hitting everything, everything like it's I don't know three years ago, two years ago. He's been struggling this year. Is my Last, point? Yeah. And then Draymond's hitting threes. Curry's doing his thing. I'm like. It, it felt like the Kings couldn't do anything right. That well, I, and I that was the thing. It was it was it was one of those moments where, or I mean, throughout that time where I was feeling, ah, oh, this is one of those games where the Warriors are playing such elite basketball. They're they're playing so up that if you're the Kings and you're not playing per, like you have to capitalize on every mistake that they're making, and or you had to capitalize on every offensive rebound that you were getting that you were putting so much effort into and still could not find a way to get that second chance opportunity at times. And, and, and yeah, my, my emotions, my basketball emotions were like, it's, it's game. I, Steph's going to go off. Yep. Like this is, we've seen this play out. We've seen this story before. And on top of all that, the Kings once again, got themselves in a deep, dark hole but this time, the story was different. They found a way to climb and climb and climb out of that dark hole. And the resiliency of this team was absolute. I, I didn't believe that they had it. And I'm now, I think if they had lost and didn't come back and didn't rally back, I'd be like, oh, this team is kind of showing who they really are. But because they climbed back against the Golden State Warriors, I know this team isn't great this season, but they sure as hell played great against the Kings. Um, that alone has given me a different perspective on this Kings team. Does this game say more about the Kings or the Warriors? And I think it says more about the Kings. Why? Because I was starting to lose. I'm still in this place where I don't know who the Kings are. Exactly, right? Like, I think I know who they are, but then I see some of these losses and um, how they couldn't rally back in some of these losses. And I'm like, ooh, is this is this more who they are? Or are they this really good team? But this really good team, they weren't keeping that same energy and winning basketball consistently enough. And they weren't keeping it, they, they'd have a really good game where it'd be four quarters of 
good basketball or three quarters of great basketball, right? Like you would see that. And tonight, I was, this is how I was thinking about it when this game started. I go, mm, they're one of these teams that are going to get in this hole all year long. Like, how many games have we seen this King squad well, get in the Pelican, The Pelicans, the Rockets. Yeah. All the teams that they've lost to, right, right? Right, So I'm like, okay, is that who they are? Well, I feel like the way that they fought back against a Golden State Warriors team that has... I, I, I don't know, has has done something to them where it takes their powers and all their basketball powers are gone. For some reason, somehow, Bo, the Kings got back into it. When the Kings have played the Warriors lately, and even in the first half, it does feel like it's varsity against yeah. third graders sometimes. You're like, wait, you guys are well, doing things that you don't normally do. You're making mistakes yes. that you normally don't make. You're hesitating on shots that you don't normally hesitate. And this Warriors team is making everything they're executing and a Warriors team with confidence is frightening and they had all the confidence in the first half I could not help today during that first half but think about an ESPN story that my friend Kendra Andrews did really good story and she was talking about how like hey the Draymond Green stuff there there's obviously going to be frustration about some of the stuff that's been happening over the last year and how Andrew Wiggins came into camp maybe out of shape, not really playing basketball over the offseason. And they talked about Clay Thompson's struggles. And I'm thinking, holy shit. You texted are The Warriors read that today, and they came out like motivated, ready to go. And then the second half, it was a complete, like, collapse really that last stretch of the fourth quarter they had so many times that they could have just absolutely killed the kings the kings looked fragile mentally the crowd was completely out of it there were constant whistles constant timeouts everything was going against the kings Uh and it kind of was one of those moments where i felt like wow we're gonna have to go live tonight and talk about how the kings have a mental block when it comes to the warriors and golden state this could maybe be the game that turns things for them a bit in their confidence. Well, that's that's how I, I, I was starting to feel like that. If the Kings had that mental block against the Golden State Warriors, I was like, well, if they have that mental block, then they're not going to be good enough. They're not going to be good enough to take another leap this year because that's a huge part of the game, and especially against a Warriors team that isn't even as good as they were last year. Not to say that they don't have legendary pieces on their team that can still come through and, and you know, have those daggers and everything, but... At the same time, I look at this King squad and I'm like, I just felt like they were stronger, mentally stronger. And the fact that they were able to fight back the way that they were, when I, as just someone consuming the game, felt deflated even going into the second half, even when it started, even when the third quarter ended, the fact that they kept fighting, pushing through. And Mike Brown talked about Deuce, the way that he talked about De'Aaron Fox being the definition of a two-way guy, pushing the pace, attacking the basket at an elite level while defending everyone from Draymond to Clay to Steph, whoever he needed. It's just amazing. A great comeback win. He played his ass off. Yes. And as frustrated as I was about De'Aaron missing the free throws, he was 9 of 17 from the free throw line tonight. Crazy. I know. And everything was short. I'm like, okay. But... You're right. He was, and he rebounded. Yep. Right. He had ten rebounds. He had seven assists to go along with his twenty nine points in this game, and he played some awesome defense down the stretch. Um, they're only giving him nine rebounds on this. Okay. Just hey. He he rebounded well. Hey, they only give him nine. Okay. Just in case it was leading to the double double, and that's why. I just no, I, I don't really care about the double double. Nine rebounds, ten rebounds. 
he rebounded well tonight. He rebounded um, well. There are so many things to talk about with this game. And a, a couple of things that we should acknowledge. The Kings did not have Keegan Murray tonight, nope. right? Which I think hurt them, especially it was just another guy they could throw at Steph. Yeah. Chris Paul leaving in the first half, he did not come back in the game because of the the leg soreness. Yeah. And then GP2 got hurt. And I think that swung some things too, where, you know, Chris Paul was so good with the the second unit, they turned to Corey Joseph instead. And it it put a lot of pressure on Steph to end up having to play big minutes. Um, And then GP2 was just another good defender to throw at Fox or throw Mm. at, you know, Monk or whoever out there. So that's why tonight's so disastrous for them. It's like, not only did they lose, they lost a 24-point lead uh-huh. on the road with a chance to go to the in-season tournament, right? They they had a chance They tonight. totally yeah. had a chance. And then they lose two players to injury. Yeah, yeah. Brutal. And I thought I, there was a couple of things that I thought when the game started to turn, in my opinion, it's when Draymond... It was when Draymond, his first game back, he can't help himself. He was on his best behavior in the he first was. Half. He was locked in, he flying was. around. He's knocking down threes, feeling good. But then, oh, the game's a little oh, closer. God. It's getting chippy. He had the flop of the century with Trey Lyles. Hey, let's not get it twisted. Trey Lyles is being physical down there with the ball. Draymond goes to the floor as if Lyles threw like a vicious elbow and Draymond just laying on the floor rolling like he got hurt. And I'm like, oh, did the officials miss something? You see the replay. Oh, it's so bad. It was really bad. It's embarrassing. And then he was really irritated by that. And then Monk, he thought should have been called for a carry. Yep. And he would not say he was going at all the officials. Eventually gets gets teed up. That's when the game swung. He gets teed up and then, you know, uh Kerr ends up taking taking him out of the game after that moment. And that was at the 9.39 mark. They're up 107.99 yeah. at that moment when yeah. he gets that technical. And then Kerr ends up taking him uh, out. Dude. And he walked. That's the other thing he did. What? He walked back to the locker room. He was pissed. Probably to release yeah. some energy. And I saw Kaminga leave the bench, went back, and then they came back together. Nice. And maybe it was nothing. Hey, but it could have been nothing. But, I mean, mm-hmm. from what we saw, he was heated. And... Seeing him heated and channeling that into positive energy for yeah. his Warrior squad, uh, that's what I was actually expecting tonight from Draymond. I was expecting that sort of game. Like, man, he's going to be their energy leader. He's going to he's gonna use these big moments to uh, jot someone, talk in their face, get away with it, whatever. And that's, I mean, even that alone can be really deflating, especially if you don't fight back or whatever. But instead... Draymond did not channel it in the right direction. And he went with the chaotic energy. He went with the energy that just takes a team down. And I'm so glad that he did that in this game. I am because that was that was the one storyline for me I don't think I could have been okay with. I was like, this is something we've all, like the NBA set it up. Five game suspension is going to be this big game against the Sacramento Kings after you just choked Rudy Gobert out. They had the whole thing with the stomp and some bonus last year. What is this going to be like? I loved it. Everyone kind of stuck to basketball, and I'm glad that nothing got out of control, too. The other thing from this game so we talk about when it swung, right? And some of the mistakes the Warriors made down the stretch. Yeah. 
So the Draymond thing where he he's definitely like lost control a little bit. And at that point, Steph is irritated with him. You know, Steph is saying something to him about the technical. Yes. And when Kerr pulls him, he's still going to the bench the whole time going, Monk was carrying. He, he would not let it go. He would not let it go. And that's the part with Draymond is he just gets in these moments. He can't get out of it. He can't. And you could talk about the emotion he plays with fire and how much that's helped him over the years. 100%. I agree with you. But these are the moments where it's just, and, you know, we've seen it in Sacramento with DeMarcus Cousins, just like there's something that mm. triggers him so much he won't let it go. And the whole mm -hmm. time, even when he's passing Steve Kerr, he's still standing yep. up talking to the bench about it. And everyone's just like, they're, like, they're like, hey, focus on the we game now. Move on. Let's, let's yeah. focus on who's out there. That one carry, even if it was a carry, is not changing the outcome of uh -uh. this game. But uh -uh. you get a technical and then you won't let it go. These are the things that get people really frustrated. And then when you lose a game like tonight, then everyone's kind of looking at you funny. That's always what happens when that happens with Draymond. It's yeah. like, it's if they win, you go, oh man, it, it was for the better. It helped the team. And then when they lose, it's like, it's those moments. It's those moments. The other thing too that I thought... So these were just moments throughout that fourth quarter where the Kings are just kind of hanging around. Um, the Kings end up getting the lead, 111-110 at the 546 mark, and that's when um, Curry was out of the game. Curry left, it was 110-107, then the Kings go on a little mini run to take the lead, 111-110. Curry comes back at the 446 mark. It's a two-point game at 116-114. But Kerr takes out Moses Moody. And there was a sequence where like Moody what? hits a three, Sasha hits a three, Moody comes back and hits a three. Yep. His length, athleticism, he's playing with energy. He takes a hot player out of a game. It was... It was unbelievable. Deuce, it was one of those moments that you and I have been yeah. talking a lot about this. We go... Why isn't Steve Kerr giving, you know, Moody, Kaminga, yeah. let's just even stick with Moody. Like, more of these opportunities or this time. Like, what is he not trusting with his youth? Like, it's not going to help them develop. It's not going to help them gain confidence. You got a hot hand out there, and you take it out. There were so many bad coaching mistakes by the Golden State Warriors at the end of this game. And that, I feel like, was one of them. That was a big one. And then I thought the other big-time mistake by Kerr tonight. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's 119-114. Curry goes up for a three that misses, and he extends his leg. Looking at the replay, I'm like, I don't know. Would I have called that an offensive foul? It should have just been King's ball, maybe no call, sure. whatever. The officials say he exaggerated it. Whatever, offensive foul. Yep. The Warriors challenge this play. They use their final timeout with 2.50 to go in the game to take a look at this play that really there wasn't enough to overturn it anyway. And then it ends up the officials confirm the call, but you end up wasting that final timeout yeah. with 2.50 to play in the game. I just felt like it was such a big moment that I'm like, no, just get back and play defense. You're up five. I like, didn't save that timeout just in case. That's it. I didn't understand it from Steve Kerr's perspective i was like his point of view i'm like yeah why it it didn't even feel like it oh hey i'm sticking up for my guy kind of situation it just felt like he thought this is in my opinion yep. i felt like he thought it's steph effing curry he's gonna get the call reverse like ugh, come on that wasn't that that wasn't flailed out there and it literally wrapped around like malik monk's body or whatever one of the interesting things to do that i saw um because i had a really cool seat tonight just really close to the floor so i saw everything steve kerr was saying but during that moment before they 
challenged it. Yeah. De'Aaron is just like, get, let's effing go. Like, let's, he's trying to get the ball out and go. So they couldn't yeah, yeah, even yeah. get it going. And um, it seemed like the, the Warriors were just kind of getting their way with like taking their time with it. Someone was complaining while another person distracted a ref over here. And then finally they went back to challenge it. Just a brutal loss. I mean, we just went over all the Warriors issues. And of course, on the first part of the podcast, the video stream, um, we talked about the very end of the game. I think the other thing that I give Mike Brown credit for is like, hey, change shit up. Okay. In the first half, he's playing Duarte. He's playing JaVel McGee Mm -hmm. some minutes. Played Kessler Edwards minutes. You know, HB didn't play much in the second half. He went totally away from that. And all of a sudden, he's gone. You saw Keon Ellis at one stretch. He didn't play a lot. But he ends up down the stretch playing a lot of Sasha. Yeah. And Sasha tonight, I think, made a statement of, you got to play this guy. You got to play this guy. And you live with maybe some of the breakdowns defensively that are going to happen because you know what he's going to do? He's going to rebound. He's got good size. He's a good team defender. One of my favorite plays of this game is what they were doing with Steph in the second half. Dude, they were doubling him. Yep. Sending another guy at mid-court, mm-hmm. at mid-court, and then, like, having to recover and all that. But Sabonis came out so hard on that double team. Yep. And it was aggressive. He kind of stayed with Steph, but Steph's so good, weaving his way in. Or, yeah. Sasha comes up and help and blocks the shot. Yes. Unbelievable play by Sasha. I mean, you had that play by Sasha coming over and blocking that shot, but it wasn't only that. Let's say it was one of the times that they're blitzing Steph, yep. throwing the double at him close to the half court. Steph passes it quick, smart player you know makes a quick decision i felt like the second line of defense for the sacramento kings in that second half especially late in the game they were rotating in the right spots they were all connected and you could feel sasha's length in those moments like even if he's not the quickest and he's not going to stay with you he is sure as hell picking up where he needs to be because he is a smart player and he knows where he needs to be on the floor and he knows he's not going to play if he's not in the right spot on the floor and on top of that his verticality i love what he had to add late in this game my take with the bench i feel like brown and i know what he's trying to do he's trying to make sure the team does the right things defensively he's big on deflections and all that stuff i i want him to just lean lean into the offense with the second unit you know like uh play play monk play some of those lamps i saw that like play monk out there with lyles and sasha spread the floor use your length Make sure guys are moving defensively and talking. You don't want breakdowns left and right, but lean into the offense. I just, my point is, I don't think some of those lineups that they were putting out there in the first half with like, even like Kessler or Duarte and McGee, they're not good enough defensively to make up for like some of the issues that that group can have offensively at times, especially in a game where, Early on, the Kings like couldn't score. You're basically saying like, give me the elite offense, yes. or you know whatever yes. you're going to get out of that unit uh, that you're talking about with um, the offensive side of the ball, and allow your defense to be shit, and then um, allow that offense to kind of help the energy of the game for when you do rotate your guys back in that can play on both sides of the ball. Interesting, but I. I mean, I'm not opposed to that, especially when some guys or some rotations are not working. Like, yeah. there was a few early on in this game where I'm like, where's the urgency? Where's the energy? And and it just felt chaotic at times when a few of these other guys would go in. So Sasha comes into the game at the for the first time. At the 329 mark of the third quarter, the Kings are down 16 at the time. It's Fox, Mitchell, Monk, Sasha, and Lyles. 
Then they eventually put Herter in for Mitchell. So it was Fox, Herter, Monk, Sasha, and Lyles. That's fun. That's shooting. That's some ball pressure. That's two guys and Fox and Monk who could create. You got shooting everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then defensively, I know Fox is going to go out there and compete. Lyles is going to do his thing out there. Sasha can be in the Mm. right spots. We mentioned like Herter as a team defender. I I know it's not against, it wouldn't work against every team but lean into the offense a little bit. And they did that down the stretch and into the fourth quarter. They kind of rolled with that Fox, Monk, Herter, Lyles, Sasha lineup. Yeah. It was fun. Lyles, small ball five. We've been saying it. I need to see it. I need to see more of it. JaVel McGee can do some nice things out there Agreed. in moments. I just think there's it's it's too chaotic at times. I think even again in some of these matchups, he gets in some tough spots. You know, they pull him out in the perimeter. He struggles moving at times, yeah. right? It, especially when he gets pulled out at the three-point line. Yeah. Um, I don't think his hands are the best. He's very good at being a lob threat and maybe tipping out a rebound and blocking a shot every once in a while. I want to lean into the offense more. I, I, I want shooting. I want a guy who could shoot, rebound, pass. I think you're seeing defend. with JaVale McGee, too, like even when we saw when Alex Len was, uh, was going in before McGee, before the injury, right? And you, you it made a difference with this, Kings team like ah okay you're adding um more consistency with that type of player and I think at having JaVale McGee for a certain amount of minutes with the certain energy that he can provide being that lob threat in that two-man game and also like you saying like depending on the matchup having those long arms and um really just doing a good job of of showing a presence at the rim for another team. Yes, I agree. But I think it is going to be very matchup based with him. So off the bench, Monk ended up playing a high of uh, just under 26 minutes. Lyles played 24 minutes. Sasha ends up playing after coming at like the three, whatever Mark mm-hmm. plays 15 minutes. He played to his credit. This sticks. He comes in cold at the three twenty nine mark of the third played the rest of the game. Rest of the game. What did you like about what he brought? For, for Sacramento, just like the shoot. You know what I love? One of the things I love? What'd you love? That guy's going to let it fly. He doesn't care where he's on the floor. That guy lets it rip. Sasha, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. No, it's, well, what's fun about it is that that first three that he hit, I think Clay was trying to contest it. it, it yeah, he gave him a little too much space. And Sasha was like, I don't care. I, I just need a little bit of it space. It was too much space. It was, I the angle I had, there was this much space. Okay. And, and the way his, how quick his release was, I was like, oh, oh my God. Like, there's you can't stop that and then when he started missing a few it's it's tough because you you don't want to live or die by that three but then it seemed like at times there were other opportunities where it was like oh look for your you're a little bit more open than you were on some of these other ones like look for yours but i also felt like he was doing a good job of putting the ball on the floor and like being a willing creator which we've (sighs) talked about no one else has really been doing that except De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk at a high level. It's why I think I do think Brown needs to make that leash a little longer for Sasha. He's a He's smart a player. Longer. Morgan, we watched him play Euroleague. We watched yeah. some of his games yeah, this yeah. year. We saw enough of the highlights too, where you're like, this guy's a smart player. We, we acknowledge his weaknesses. His flaws. Acknowledge, correct. Acknowledge. Yep. But man, is he a fun offensive player? He could pass it. And again, the, the defensive stuff. Is not as bad as people suggest. And okay, totally fair. I 
It's the same thing that we've had to stick up with Kevin Herter about over this time. You know, like Fair. when you see them get burned, you're like, oh my God, it I suck defensively. Out. It totally sticks out, breaks down an entire team defense. It sucks at times. But then there's other times where are you are you counting their deflections at home? You know, you're not seeing that um, straight up on your regular box score. Are you looking at times when they alter a shot or even alter an entire um, offensive possession for a team? But that's not all about Sasha. This was something I said to you in the car that I was like, I need to make sure I mention this. Seeing him on the floor at different moments in this game, whether it was someone with a big shot, getting an and one, whatever, it could, um, not for real, but it could like make me cry thinking about how much joy he had with his body language and the amount of, like when you have a teammate rooting you on like that, and that's what I love about this guy. I feel like no matter what, if he was on the bench, he's rooting like that, or if he's on the floor, he's rooting like that. And then when they got the win, you just, you should have seen him. Up. He was so yeah. amped up. And I was just like, that joy that you are bringing alone is so fun to, it's contagious. And I'm sure the entire rest of the team feels it. What do you think a win like this can do for like the Kings mentality? Um, Kevin Herter was on with G-Man after the game and Ooh. he was saying it was a pretty big deal to get this win for them tonight. Especially yeah. with like you, we can't ignore the fact that the Warriors have had their number mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. had their number for a huge portion of this game too. For three quarters. So finding a way to win this when you go 27 of 42 from the free throw line, when you get off to a bad start. In a hole. Sabonis, we even talked about Sabonis really couldn't get anything going offensively. He still had an impact with his assist and yeah. rebounding, but is it what he, what he finished with? Nine points in the game? Yeah. So you asked me yeah. what what it has to, how does what, this? Sorry, I went off on a tangent. You did, and that's what I was like, I'll sorry, bring you back. Let's rewind. Because <laughs> I started going down I the Sabonis. No, road. I appreciate no, I, I guess my point is like, what can a win like this in the fashion they did it do yeah. for them mentally, especially facing a team like the Warriors? I, I think, I, I think one, let's just start like there. I think there's different things that factor in here. And when it's facing a team like the Warriors that have been able to come into your house how many times this season and get the last laugh and get the last laugh like it stings i don't care if you go to every single you're stung by the preseason oh my yes. god yes and and seriously deuce i think even if you went to every single media outlet and we're like no you know it's november it's it, it we're trying to beat all these teams right there is something different like I, and I've said this before, I don't care if it's AAU basketball, high school or whatever, or college, there are teams that sometimes just stick out to you. And when they stick out and, and they have this confidence and it's this overbearing confidence and it can really screw with you. And I feel like the Warriors have had that um, because of their experience, because of the type of players they have on their team. And they've had that over the Kings since last season and then bleeding into this season. It was like, when is this going to end? I'm not acting like this is the end-all, be-all. Now the Kings are going to win every single time they take on the Warriors. But they needed this win to even show themselves that they yeah. were capable of l taking that mental leap and going, we can beat your ass too. You, you, had some lucky, yeah. you had some lucky breaks at the end. 
Like the, the, the Steph turnover. Lucky breaks. And the Draymond turnover. Like, are you like what are the odds of that happening? And then, of course, we talked about GP2 and Chris Paul going down. Not even those moments, Deuce. Yeah. You talk about the other, the second chance opportunities that the Kings were, Morgan, were ha- that they had at the end. The Kings on second chance opportunities tonight. And let's also note that the Kings had uh, 12 offensive rebounds. They were two for 11 on second chance opportunities. And they missed some oh. shots. Like, especially when they were really trying to get back in the game before the chaos of the final minute happened, the final 58 seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sasha's missing an open corner three. Monk misses a three. And you're like, you guys are getting the most amazing looks possible. Yes. yes. I mean, there were some wild sequences that I, I'm sure I'm missing in my notes too, where you're like, wow, you just had three chances. Um, 116, 114. Yes. 116, 114. Lyles misses both free throws. Oh and then my Fox God. missed a three and then Monk missed a three. And you're like, you, you didn't get anything out of those opportunities. You missed two free throws and then you missed two threes. Dude. And then Curry, then Curry hit the three. Oh, That's, yes. That was a dagger shot. And <clears throat> it's just like that. Not dramatic at all. And no, and it's a dagger shot because it's different when it's Steph knocking down that three. Well, and it's then the an Wiggins oh putback. The Wiggins putback oh off the Draymond God. mystery felt like daggers. But yeah. Like, you got some lucky breaks, but you also kept competing. There and you just go. just the fact that you kept competing and stayed in it and played your ass off and kind of chipped away, you... I, I think missing free throws is so deflating. I think it deflates a team so much. It deflates I think it an defla- arena. I think it can crush someone's confidence. Mm-hmm. It could make them hesitate to attack. Like, yep. It didn't feel like it, it shook the Kings. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they got some lucky breaks tonight, but I think part of it is... They, they still kept competing. And that's where it's, it's, and I never want to do like the moral victory shit for anyone because it's like they got in that hole and they should not be in that hole. Like, I don't want to be talking about yeah, this yeah. team being super resilient after every hole they get in that they fight out of. But truly, I think when you factor in all the things, Draymond's game, first game back, Golden State Warriors, in-season tournament game, you knew if you, uh, if you won, you got to move on to the next level. And then if you lost by any more than 12 points, the Warriors were going to yeah. get to go to the quarterfinals. And even if you had lost like by one, you, you'd get in, but you would have to go and get on a plane after Saturday against Nuggets uh-huh. to go fly to New Orleans to go play in a game. Like yep. That would have been awful for the Sacramento Kings. Um, so we talk about the wildness of the end of the game, but I think what one thing we really need to focus in on for a second is the fact that the Sacramento Kings like responded with some really nice things defensively in the second half. Oh, yes. Um, the numbers back it up, too. In the second half of this game, they outscored Golden State 69-51. to 51. Pretty amazing. Wow. Uh, they scored 40 in that third quarter, and then they outscored Golden State 29-19 to 19 in the fourth quarter. Ooh. Golden State in the second half shot 40%. They were 5 of 16 from three after being... Absolutely red hot in the first half. In the first half from three, by the way, and I'll stop throwing numbers at everyone. No, no, I like, the, I like this. So they were 12 of 25 from three in the first half. Wow. And then five of 16 from three in the second half. And the thing that I like they, they, they did, I know we hit on this a little bit, they did their best to make Steph work. And when you're throwing doubles at Steph Curry, who is so good at like reading situations mm-hmm. and finding the open man, like you can get stung by that in a big way. And there, there's one point there. I mean, there's multiple times, but there's, I remember one corner three, they gave up because I think it was to yeah. Moody, right. Yep. Where they were, Hey, 
They made the right play. They swung it around. But they were sending, sending another guy to trap Steph at midcourt. Think about how good Steph Curry is where it's like, hey, we're going to pick him up. Let's us send a trap uh, his way at midcourt. Insane because it puts your defense in such a vulnerable position. Oh, in that it totally moment. does. It takes every it takes two two whole pieces out of your defense. And it's like you are depending on the second line of defense to take up a lot of space on the floor. And energy to, to get back and around and rotate. All the things. And especially at the end of the game, and especially when you're trying yeah. to climb and fight and get back in. And you're exactly right, mm-hmm. Deuce. I think the defense alone, the way that they were able to contest and still get hands uh in someone's face. But then uh, this this needs to be talked about too. The way that they battled for those rebounds at the end. You know how sometimes it feels like, oh, they just got lucky being in the right spot at the right time. They were putting themselves in the right spot. They were making sure that they were doing a good job of gaining position, uh, getting that inside position on the Warriors. And then this happened in the first half. And it's just something I wish I looked at more in the second half. But Trey Lyles, let's just say you're GP2. Yeah. Baskets behind me. He was just... Fronting him, yeah. Fronting, yep. facing, The Kings facing, have been doing that and more then, this year. And didn't give a shit. And then finally, like, like the ball, like, bounced behind him. So then he turned to box, and GP2 still being scrappy as hell, almost got it. But it was just like, yes, these guys, there are people on this Warriors team that are so good at flying in there and really just, like, um, relying on that part of their game to be the reason why they are out there. Dude, Curry had three offensive rebounds in this game. He had 10 rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and those are scary moments. Cause you want to talk about deflating, not making your free throws, deflating, yeah, uh, yeah. letting Curry get those offensive rebounds. But they didn't let Draymond and Looney kill them on the glass. Tonight, God. Right. The, the two guys that hurt him were Wiggins and Curry from a rebound and GP two before he went down. I mean, five rebounds, in like 15 minutes. Pretty good. Right. Yeah. Uh, Draymond tonight had six rebounds. Looney had four. Mm. Wow. So, like it was like, they're like, and it's the same thing they try to do with Sabonis where it's just like, just don't let Sabonis get rebounds because if Sabonis is getting rebounds for the Kings, he's getting out and pushing the pace. Yeah. And so it's not just about Sabonis getting a rebound and getting it to fall. It's like, no, this guy is a factor. If he rebounds, he's going just like Draymond, right? If Draymond Looney is so good on second chance opportunities, right? He'll get a rebound. All of a sudden it's like an instant three. He's so good at creating. So both teams did pretty good on the, on the main bigs to prevent them from having a dominant night on the glass. I mean, it's, it's crazy that a game with Looney Sabonis and green, they combined for, 18 rebounds battles. between the three of those. It was just that's battling. Insane. Yeah. That's insane. No, it, it really, and yeah. I think I think that's what it was. It was everyone understanding the importance that we all have to crash. Uh, this, you, you can't just depend on your bigs to do this job or this job. We all have multiple jobs and we have to execute them at a high level. And I think even when you, we talk about that double, that blitz that was being thrown at Steph Curry. Well, you go to the other side. There was, I forget what quarter it was that they were really throwing this blitz at De'Aaron Fox, the slow him yeah, down yeah. but De'Aaron did such a fantastic job in the backcourt every time if anyone like if Sasha isn't understanding the pace he is looking at him going go 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 like get me the ball outlet it like Sabonis is looking at him like get the ball outlet outlet everyone's on the same page about 
push the shit out of the ball. Well, because in that first half, what was happening? They were getting that half court offense. They were getting doubled at the half court. De'Aaron was. They're slowing down this Kings team in the half court. And what did we say? What to watch before going in this game? Kings, you need to make sure you're putting the Warriors back on their heels. Push, push, the push. The Warriors push. controlled that pace completely in the first half. Yes, it, they it was did. their game per like the Kings were not at all. I just felt like the Kings didn't come out with that aggression either. I felt in the third quarter, I saw more of it, but it, it, it they were down by so much early that it's just like any mistake. If it, it didn't matter. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, you're hustling, but it's not really good enough. Or you're still down by 10 or you're still down by eight. And it just never feels like it's enough. Yeah. There is sequences in the third where you're just like killing me, just killing me. Um, Sabonis had a push. He had a bad pass. And then, um, that was a turnover. Um, Sarge misses a three. Harrison Barnes outlet stolen. GP two and one. Oh God, yes, I remember. Oh killed my God, me, killed me. Fox had a really bad turnover tonight too, where you're oh. just like, I think he had a turnover. Yeah, um, two fifty nine second quarter. Kings force a turnover. Fox has a really bad cross court pass turnover, and then they get to Steph and Fox just like brushes Steph, where it's like. Why did you even touch him? And it was an and one. And it was, oh. I was laughing. There, there was so much bad basketball from the Kings in the first half. The, it, well, and you talk about that play, and he brushes him yeah. in, in that first half. And it was just like, ugh, like, of course, we're going to call that Steph. But it happened in the second half when uh, Fox went up against Looney late in the game. And I forget if he got the and one or just the foul called. And Steve Kerr is just cre- screaming, <clears throat> that is soft. That is soft. And all I'm thinking in my head is like, Dude, you coach Steph Curry. Like, he gets, he gets, no, I'm not even going to say every every call, but he gets a lot of calls. Like, no, no one's allowed to touch Steph Curry, which I understand. And I think Steph does a great job of um, selling it and or initiating contact. Like, he's still a really strong guy. So, uh, yeah, I was just happy that it was getting called on both sides. The only disappointing part about the officiating, one of the disappointing things, was that the Fouls being called and the amount of fouls being called really effed up the rhythm of the game. Oh, you mean a combined 72 free throws tonight? Oh, God. Do you know how long the game took tonight? How Let's long? Let's play a game. Oh, okay. It started at 7, which really 7.15. It was 7.15 tip-off tonight. Okay. Um, And, I mean, don't overthink this. You know, most I'm games. I'm going to say three hours. Two hours and 44 minutes. Okay. That's a very long game. That did not go to overtime. No. That's a very long, two hours and 44 minutes. I know it's national TV game, but still, that was insane. Um, Man, there's just so much from this game, and I'm loving talking about this. And it's crazy that the Kings play again. Tomorrow. Or if you're listening to this oh, yeah. today, today against the Clippers. Actually, <gasps> it's already oh. the next day. Where it's after midnight now. Oh, my God. Um, you know, one guy I really want to talk about tonight, Who? and then we'll go down our list like we usually do. For sure. I thought Kevin Herter, is, came, he was one guy who came out. Firing. Yeah, I felt like he came out with a little energy he did. tonight. You he know? did. And I think he he needed this game against the Warriors. You think about his struggles oh against Golden State. Yeah. He came out, knocked down a couple of threes. I, he did a great job. He rebounded well tonight. Herter finished with 21 points. Nine rebounds, five assists. Dude, I thought he, I was watching him up close and the way that he was fighting through screens, navigating them to catch up and stay with Clay Thompson. I just felt like he understood 
what his job was. And he was doing everything he could to slow that man down, to help this team defense. And then on top of that was um, knocking down outside shots, obviously early on when they really needed it most. But then even I think to start the second half in that third quarter, he had like a backdoor cut layup. You know, it was just the, he... I don't know if he just simplified the game for himself tonight or whatever it was. I thought he just had some really solid moments as well. Yeah. He ends up playing just under 33 minutes in this game, and it was a nice game for him. 8 of 14 shooting, 4 of 7 from 3 as well. Um, who's the next? I mean, Malik Monk. I know we talked about him the first part of this. No, no, no. Let's let's do it. Let's. Malik Monk is one of my favorite players. As he should be. I felt like early on when the Kings were settling a lot from three in this game, when he came in, what does he do? He attacks right away, man. This guy, all in my notes. He doesn't give a shit what the score is. Mm-mm. He doesn't care how many shots he's missed, Mm-mm. how many shots his teammates have missed. He's playing. He's playing out there. And I just, he provides such, you talk about like the, the joy Sasha plays with. Yeah. The confidence that Malik Monk plays with at all times. And I, I also liked that at the end of the game tonight, it wasn't like, hey, um, it's got to be Fox taking it. Like, he's Mr. Clutch. Like, we just roll ISO 1-4 flat with Fox and let him do his thing and maybe Mm-mm. get something. It's like, no, let's run some shit. Let's figure Oh, Malik Monk, he can make something happen. Have a team that, like, anybody can be a threat. And tonight, it was Malik Monk taking the final shot. And I know that was a really tough final shot. And you, he could try doing that eight hundred more times and maybe only hits it twice. <laughs> yeah. But he believes he, he can hit that shit every believes. time. And that's my point. He's got a defender in Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. who has been noted in the past as a good defender. Sure. I think he's been very shaky this year, just in general. Fair. Dude, he got him on a little jab a little bit. Got Barely, though. Enough, but Wiggins was staying with but them. That, it, it, moved, it moved him a little bit. Uh-huh. And he was just somehow gets that shot up. But I just... You don't have to look at, I'm looking at the numbers now because I'm just letting you guys know. 21 points, 8 of 15, 3 of 7 from 3. I don't have to look at the numbers to go, this guy helps him. He helps him every night. I need this guy playing minutes because of how much he matters to this team's success. What I will say, it, when you and I were talking shit, texting, and um, especially during the bad basketball, it was, we were mm. texting, effing attack. Effing attack. Why, why Get in the paint. Get yep. the paint touches. And Malik Monk, Started doing that as soon as he was getting it. You know, there was moments too where he was like settling on the outside shot because, and it felt like everyone was. And it was like, no, 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 you don't need to be that guy because you're not that guy. You need to keep taking it in. They need you to take it in, not only to play make, but to also become that threat and collapse the defense. And um, he just did a great job of generating more and more energy on the offensive offensive end and putting more energy into the basketball for the rest of the guys. And that will never be on a box score. And that is, in some ways, you know, people, you just got to trust your eyes when you see it. And with Malik Monk, like you said, he brings that every single damn night. And I love it too. There's something he screwed up on. I think it was a box out on Andrew Wiggins when he got a tip in and, um, I think it was Brendan Nunez that asked him, like, what did what did Trey Lyles say to you? You guys were talking um, about that or something else. And he was like, he was like, stop bullshitting. Stop bullshitting. And he's right. I just needed to put my body on. And I just love that they 
are that competitive yeah. of teammates and they can talk to each other honestly. They can be vulnerable with one another because if you cannot communicate that, how is someone going to get better at their game? And this is why they keep getting better and better, uh, become better and better individual basketball players as well. Mike Brown was saying after the game too that Monk came up to the coaches at one point yes. and, t- and told them to shut up and stop, stop talking to the officials. Yeah. He said the assistants and everybody, they were all going at the officials and Monk told them to shut up. Yeah. And then, and then Mike was like, I don't know if we were like mad at Malik at that <laughs> moment or if we weren't, but he was right. He was right. And, and from that moment when we stopped, things did shift. And I just, I love that they're capable of talking to one another like this. And it actually leads into some good positive results. So Trey Lyle's back his third consecutive game back. Oh, he's been a lot. I knocks mean, he's down got, a three right when he came in. He just another guy that I think it's, you know, Malik has always had confidence mm-hmm. where Trey was the guy that clearly, like when he first got to Sacramento and he's been open about this, yeah. like he didn't really have an NBA home. He bounced around. It didn't feel like he could really connect with anyone or anywhere until he got here. And Mike Brown gave him a lot of confidence. He plays with so much more confidence now. I, I mean, it's he doesn't crazy. hesitate. Yeah. No hezies. That's he always his tough number one too. thing. I like Trey Lyles is a good player. He, the, you talk about him playing tough. Uh, go back to that Draymond yeah. uh, flop. Even it was a moment in time where Trey Lyles was just being strong with the ball. He did not swing an elbow. He did not swing an arm. He was just being strong. And sometimes those moments when that strength just powers through, I go, yes, please. We need that type of strength on this team because you don't have the biggest players on the floor. You don't have the best individual defenders on the floor, but you have smart, strong players that are willing to sacrifice their body and uh, jump on the floor for a loose ball. And that alone can just make an entire team defense so much better. What do you make of Demonis Sabonis' night tonight? He finished with nine points. Just two of seven shooting. He was five of six at the free throw line. He had 10 assists and eight rebounds. I don't remember what he finished with at, at the at the half, but I remember looking at his shooting numbers and being like, why why isn't he being more aggressive? He, he was two of six in the first half. Okay. Yeah, and and, and, <laughs> and uh, three of four from the free throw line. <laughs> you know, I think my biggest <laughs> takeaway with him, Morgan, <laughs> and I don't know if it was just tonight because... Last time they played the Warriors, he had an awesome game. Mm-hmm. And the Kings lost. I mean, he he took that shot that looked like it was going to be the game winner until Clay Thompson came down and hit the game winner over Davion, right? Like, and, and he had a monster game. And tonight, this was more like, oh, crap, this was like the guy you kind of saw in the playoffs last year at times. Where And also, these games happen, right? He still found ways to get his teammates involved, impact the game. The guy sets vicious-ass screens. He had 10 assists. But I need Sabonis. Because he's good enough. To not hesitate on the yep. mid-range shot. And I'll give him credit. I think this year in general, he's done, done a much better job of take the mid-range shot. If it's there, take it. There are times tonight it was there. And that he did not take it. And those are moments you're like, dude, I know you want to set up your teammates, but you need to keep this team honest. Mm-hmm. And they that team doesn't think you want to take it, and you're letting them off the hook. You can hit it now. And not, you just shoot it with confidence. Attack. And not only that, if he was that threat. If he was that threat and a willing shooter from the mid range, yes, he 
it and let's say he started knocking some down like not even not even at the highest clip that you would hope it would be but he starts knocking it down people have to honor that you have to honor that and go okay well like i i don't i'm not gonna sit here and be like i'll live with that i'll live with that because you understand that's still close enough to the basket and if that does get in rhythm and does start to look good and when people have to start honoring that what does that do it brings up that second line of defense they're not in drop coverage anymore so then De'Aaron Fox Malik Monk and whoever else can have that space to create in the paint they can have that space to uh, have a beautiful two-man game and backdoor that space in the paint is so important to this Kings offense, especially when they are stuck in that half court uh, offense because they couldn't push the ball. They couldn't get early offense going, whatever. And I think that is just something that I hope he yes. keeps. He, he has it. And he's been knocking yes. it down this year. I've seen yes. him in other games be more confident. I don't know if there's something he like wasn't feeling tonight or maybe he was just yeah. focused on doing something else. But I'm like, you got, you got to be more aggressive. Yep. You got to look for that. And um, he's been, he's taken more shots this year. He's shooting it at a good clip in general. I, I just want him to continue that, especially against this team. My biggest takeaway, Morgan, what? and I said it before the game, I'm going to say it now. The Kings are better than the Warriors. He's just love saying that all no, day today. They are better than them. Yeah. And you know it. Oh, okay. Warriors fans maybe watching this later are like, they're not better, huh? You what you guys are getting excited about a group Four C rings. Land. Four rings. rings. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I get all that. I, really I get I, it. Really good. We we respect it. Re- like respect major it. respect. But I just I my whole thing is like I I believe the Kings are better than them. I think they have more depth. They've got more shooting. They've got more firepower. They just need to beat them. In, Tonight they were yes. able to squeak it out and yep. steal it in Ugh. a way that uh, you can't really, these <laughs> games don't happen every, you know, no. that's like a once every couple of years thing that happens at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible stuff. But I, I leave tonight going, yeah, they're the better team. And now they have to build on this and they have a quick turnaround tomorrow against and the Clippers. I think saying that they're the better team is not even the hottest take in the world because I, I think a lot of people, even national <laughs> media would look at the roster of the Golden State Warriors and they say the same thing. They're aging. They're aging. You look at them one night, they look like a whole different team. Against the Kings, they look like the goddamn monsters, though. You know, like they just... In they, that first half, dude. They I, just look so powerful. I know I keep throwing out a lot of numbers here because I'm just, I was You're so not, fascinated. You're not, by the way. Okay. You're not. In the first half of this game, I just want to look at some of the numbers. Um, Wiggins... <laughs> Wiggins was 7 of 10 in the first half. He had 18 points at the half. He finished with 29 in the game. Really good wow. game for 29 at 10 for Wiggins. Wow. wow. Uh, Steph was 5 of 11. Clay was 5 of 9. Mm. Clay had 17 at the half. Dude. Clay finished with 20. So he started five, he started 5 of 9 and finished 6 of 14. Steph was 5 of 11 in the first half for 16 points. He finished eight of twenty. He only made three more. He was three of uh, nine in the second half. Do you do you think? Do you give a lot of credit to the defensive ad- adjustments and intensity yes. of the Kings? Yes. Okay. All that. But, and that, you, know but you didn't it? see it in the third, really. You saw it like maybe here you and saw there. some better moments, but th- I felt like the, the the Warriors were getting like every bounce and like uh, it, it just <laughs> felt like yeah. I thought the Kings' offense was more uh, hurting them than anything. Yeah. Um, and the Kings just missed so many free throws in this game. That, that's that's where you're like, God, you should be in this game right now, but you've missed all these free throws. I I was impressed that this so-called like offensive unit that the Kings put out yeah. there at times, right? 
with Lyles and, and Sasha and Monk, like, and Herder. They, they were competing out there defensively. Yeah. So that's a, that's a huge thing. I mean, you look at who finished this game down the stretch. Uh-huh. At the 946 mark, it was Fox, Monk, Sasha, Lyles, and Sabonis. And then they put Herder back in the game in just under three minutes. So it was Fox, Monk, Herder, Sasha, and Sabonis. Wow. This this team's kind of crazy when you think about it. If this felt like, although we're talking about a late November game, game 16 of the season, Mike Brown, just with how he approached the rotation, mm-hmm. this was like a playoff game where he's like, that's not working. We got to win this game. Uh, Sasha, you haven't played in a couple of games. You're out of the rotation. Kessler was ahead of you for a minute. Uh, you're going in there. You know what, though? I'll, I'll, I think even last year, what we saw was... He he goes, he's down to go down, he's down to go down the line, right? He's yeah. down to go into his depth and be like, this isn't the energy I need next. This isn't the energy I need next. Oh my gosh, you screwed this up. That's too deflating. You're not even gonna see another minute. And I I get that at times, and I think he has a different coaching style, and I appreciate it at times. And then there's other times where, like even tonight, for example, when he had that early challenge for Duarte, that was, that was to me, I thought was going to be like this moment of the night that was going to identify what tonight's game was. It's like that which, ugly Which challenge. play was that? Was that... Du- uh, Duarte? Duarte coming around the screen? Yep, Steph. Did it he, was uh, w- Steph. Yeah, I, uh, I No, it was, but here's my yep. question. Where was the foul on that? Oh, for Duarte? Did he touch him or Yeah, hand? it was it was he he first touched him but then I think he also like had uh, came into him after I think it was. Yeah. His body his cuz Duarte doesn't have a lot of control over his momentum. I also thought Duarte had some decent moments defensively. Sure. I actually had more problem with him offensively. I just he's just in the wrong spots a lot and I, I don't know if it's like him getting adjusted to the system but it's it's not being locked in. Now, there's definitely chaotic moments with him defensively where he gets in foul trouble. But I think tonight it was just like Brown eventually was like, look, we're down 18 here. Like, we, Barnes, you're not playing the rest of the way. Kessler, yeah. we tried. We're not playing you. Like, let's let's go with, let's see if, let's go with a completely different look and see what it, what we get out of it. Yeah. It worked tonight. It worked tonight. I will maintain. We got to see more Lyle small ball five. I don't know how many, t- I know it's not against every team, but here's what I do. No, it worked against the Warriors in the playoffs last year. It worked against Minnesota last year when they had that road game when Sabonis fouled out and uh, Gobert was out there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm I, with you on that, and I think that will come more and more as Trey Lyles gets more and more in to the rotation. But also, I saw someone in our chat mention Barnes was good in the first half, though. And yeah. he finished with 12 points tonight. He was two for five from three-point land. I thought he had some big shots when they needed it most. And that's what I... He only played 26 minutes, but he had big moments on the offensive end. That I was like, oh, they needed you to attack. And that's what he was doing, finishing at the rim. Well, when so when HB came out, it wasn't like he was getting punished. He was getting his sub, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, And then he just elected to not go with the the whether it was Kessler or even McGee in the second half. And then when Sasha went in there and had it rolling, mm-hmm. I think Mike's like, well, let's just keep it going. We're just going to keep And we've seen this many times, like you said. I mean, there's been games where, like, 
Herter plays 16 minutes because, like, hey, well, Monk's got it going with this lineup. They're going to keep going with that. Yeah. He's very much roll with what lineup works. So I, I hear you. I just felt like there was a little more tonight where it's like, Sasha, you're playing the right. You haven't played a couple of games. You're playing the final 15 minutes of this game. Dude, insane. It's it, and just way to step up for him. And also, one more thing I just really want to say is it's just wild to think about if this Kings team lost tonight, how we would be talking about every single player. I, I mean, we would still be talking about what they did well at times, but all the mistakes that were, all the missed free throws, sure. all those things, like we would be highlighting that to as to why this game was lost. All well, those moments. You know, a wise man once said, I think it was my quote I made up, right? A wise man once and said, we, we need to remember this all together. What? You don't accept oh. in victory what no. you would not accept in defeat. Why so, do you yes. say it like this every Be time, too? Because like you have like to put emotion behind it. Oh, okay, got it. We do need to pause for a second yeah. because I need to give love to the chat. We've neglected the chat a little bit tonight. Uh, we start, for the audio people, we started this, and for some reason, in the middle of the stream, it crashed. Not mm -hmm. because of an internet issue. Mm -hmm. I have no, what happened, no it idea. It started buffing, whatever. We had like 1,100 people watching us live. It was amazing, great crowd. So we had to start all over, and then... Everybody came back. Thanks, Shout out to all you guys being here. I see Todd in there. I even see someone was complaining. Uh, Sean was like, we have so many people here. You got to acknowledge the comments. Aww. You know, it, it is harder at times to acknowledge some of the comments when there's so many people uh, in the chat and chatting. So I'll make sure to do a better um, job of that. Johnny says, Monk's the guy you want on your side in a war. Yeah. yeah dude, he's... Amazing. Uh, Low Rider makes a good point. Why is there 900 people in here but only 200 likes? Dude, yeah, hit the thumbs up button. Yeah, someone just did it. Hit the thumbs hey. up and subscribe. All that does is help our channel continue to grow. Um, let's see here. Patsky says, Trey is my favorite king. Aww. Trey just knows what to do uh, to do his part in dragging the team across the finish line. Said, God's love be with you. I, I appreciate that about Trey, too. I think when he's in there, it's like, Oh, he's so reliable. Like, you just trust him with the ball. You trust him crashing the boards. And I, I like having that confidence uh, in a player. We also need to give some love to Super Chats. We do this sometimes at the Aww. end of the show. Shout out to Pookie, who became a Deuce and Mo supporter. Appreciate Thank you, that. Shout out to Top Shot Kingdom, who gifted a Deuce and Mo membership. Thank you oh. so much. Shout out to Eric Ramirez for donating uh, a grand total of $220. Mm. Eric, okay. settle it down. Hey. Thank you. First of all, thank you. Thank also, you. Also, relax. <laughs> relax. But really appre appreciate but no, it. We You're appreciate helping our small support. business. And we appreciate everyone just being in the chat active. You guys are awesome for supporting us, and uh, we love you guys a lot. Yeah. Um, that brings us to this. Who do you think in this game uh -huh. is the player of the Ooh, game? Okay. I think. I picked it. I picked it. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, like I do every game. Yeah. This. There's a lot of great candidates tonight, and there I are. think this could be controversial for some. I think it's going to be controversial. Can I guess who you picked and then who I who I okay. think it should be? Give me who you think it should be first. I think because of the shot, it should be Malik Monk. Okay, Malik Monk is... Okay, who do you think I picked? De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. And they're both very deserving. Okay. okay. Who do you guys think? Who do you guys think should be the player of the game? Let See, me we got know. Monk. Sasha we getting some love, Ooh. Monk. 
Malik, Sasha. You're getting Malik into okay. Let's before we get to it really quick, yeah. Because I think it's very interesting with Deer and Fox tonight. There was moments where it just felt like he's not playing that well, or he's not playing like himself, and he's still finishing with 29 points. And then if he is making his free throws, I mean, you're adding another 17 points on top the, of that. I will admit the what? free throws were irritating. Very, and I think that's what a lot of people feel after a game like that. I think. We all feel that. I think there's one thing that basketball fans unite around. It's mystery Miss free throws. It's like, no, dude, like that can't happen. Okay, so a lot of people in the chat saying Sasha. Wow. Monk, uh, Law Sasha love. Man, man. Oh, tell us. Okay, tell us. Tell all right. Us. Uh, player of the game. The rock and soul player of the game. Malik Monk. Hey, because that shot too. Can I, I you know what? I'm going to change this real fast. What? Wait, What? I'm going to split it, man. I'm going to give it to Malinka and Sasha. I think deserve it tonight. Okay. Malik did his thing. 21 points. Ended up hitting what led to ended up being the game-winning basket. He was 3 of 7 from 3. Hit that amazing shot. He's a Rockets Soul player of the game. But how about at least this? An honorable mention for Sasha, who comes off the Kings bench cold, just cold, doesn't play in the first half, comes in like the three-minute mark and plays the rest of the way and has an impact out there. It's, it's like this. This guy brought it. If if you were to go to Rock and Soul Diner, it was like, it's like, okay, you got the big uh, breakfast platter with your eggs, your bacon, your toast, and then you were like, you know what? Hey, let's get honorable mention, and we need some fluffy waffles on here, and that's Sasha Vizenkov. He's the fluffy waffles. You got to have him on there because you need the sweet. You need the savory. It what, all goes together. Why has he got to be fluffy, though? Well, you know? either way, that's because Rock and Soul Diner has fluffy waffles. So. Uh, by the way, check out Rock and Soul Diner before a Kings game. It's literally six blocks away from the arena at 10th and S. It's a local spot. Get breakfast for dinner, but they have lunch and dinner, too. They have drink specials. Tell them to do some old podcast sent you. If you're going to a Kings game, go there before, show your ticket. You'll get discounts to uh rock and soul diner local it's amazing check it out we need to also mention that we're presented by our friends for northwest exteriors you guys know they're simply the best okay you need windows hit them up don't waste time we've had website. podcast listeners reach yes. out to them already go to northwestexteriors.com have them come out to your house go to their showroom and ranch with great mm -hmm. people um, if we're endorsing something, we believe in it. They're a great partner. I don't know what else to say. I love you that you're just out. like, you just need to do it. It's yeah, the truth I, though. It's like, if you are looking for new windows, just make sure you go reach out, get a free quote. It will be worth it. And you're welcome in advance. Simply the best. Trust Northwest. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sean, the chat brings up an interesting point. 
Mo always compares players to desserts. Is that true? Wait, well, I, I also had the, the egg platter with bacon and toast and everything too, but you're right. I, I mean, desserts are very important to me. And so I think comparing them to the desserts is just a huge compliment. Like if you get a be cake, like you're up there. Top tier. How many tiers? Get it? Cake puns? Um, yes, I, that was actually a good one. Thank you. I was getting our... <laughs> that was actually a good one, Morgan. Our Sharif Jewelers <laughs> moment of hey! the game. You guys, helped, you guys helped in the chat with the player of the game ideas. Now, is there a specific moment from tonight's game that we put in our Sharif Jewelers moment of the game jar where every game we have a moment or two? And yeah, I mean, look at this. Here's an example. Let's just... Can I pull one out for fun? <laughs> just sure, for funsies. Fine. Let's pull one out. Tell me when to grab. Grab. I mean, this is like, we're how many games into the season? Wow. What are the odds I picked game one at Utah? Malik Monk Dunk. Rest in peace, Chris Dunn. I wrote on there. <laughs> See? This is going to be way more fun go. at the end of the oh, season. Yeah, yeah. So there's okay. an example of that. So to what is tonight's moment of the it's game? It's Monk's go-ahead uh, bank shot. Is that what it is? Yeah, because he is even it, yeah. said, he said it's not a game winner. It was a go-ahead shot. And then someone asked him in the media room, they said, well, did you call game? And he goes, he goes, uh, game, game, y'all. Game, That's what he said. That he just funny. called it right there at the presser. Hey, here's what I wrote. November 29th against the Warriors, 124-123 Kings. They were down 24, clinch group C, Monk's shot. Oh, I Monk's love it. Shot. I love it. And, uh, dude, also... I think we talked about this beforehand. What? I think we all needed to see the Kings beat the Warriors. We talk about the players like mentally, but like I needed to see it a little oh. bit. I mean, I, I don't know what I would have been like tonight. Can we, for a second, did everyone else feel the energy in the city shift like all day today? It was like, okay, big <clears throat> game. And I don't give two shits if anyone is like, <laughs> it's an in-season tournament win. Okay. That's not the Larry O'Brien trophy. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I have the perspective yeah. of celebrating everyone, especially, especially if you've been a fan of a, organization that has not done a lot of winning over the years and then you saw a leap last year and your expectations are higher sure but you still gotta appreciate the big moments and tonight all day today yeah. but tonight especially getting that win it was huge and yes because it was over the warriors it was even that much also bigger. it would have been so bizarre if we came into tonight right let's say monk misses the shot yeah okay, and the, they lose they hey they rally back and uh man they lose the warriors again but well, they're going to the knockout round. They're flying to New Orleans. Well, they end up winning, so they clinch Group C, so that's huge. The Kings have another game on their schedule. Monday, Monday night, Golden 1 Center, Kings-Pelicans. Crazy. Uh, that's the quarterfinals of the knockout round. If the Kings win that game, mm -hmm. they go to Las Vegas to yeah. play the winner of Suns-Lakers. Oh Crazy. And you win that game, you advance to the championship in Las Vegas. But before that... The Kings still have a couple more games, right? Yeah. Like, so they play later today mm -hmm. against the LA Clippers. Not going to be an easy game, although watching the Clippers last night against the Nuggets. Ugh. Oh, Nuggets. DeAndre Jordan, Reggie Jackson led the charge. No Jokic, no Murray. Don't. Jor 
Reggie Jackson was destroying. At the end of the game, he went ISO on Hardeman, took Harden and took him to the hoop. You just the dagger. You just expect more out yes. of a Kawhi Leonard, a Paul George, a James Harden, blah blah. I remember the Kings last year was the second night of a back to back. They had to go play the Clippers in LA, and they dropped 176 points. Oh, I remember uh, that. What a classic game! But so they play the Clippers, yeah. And then Saturday. They got to play the Nuggets. Uh-huh. Now, Jokic has missed some time. It sounds like Murray's get, getting closer to being back. So, okay. who knows what that looks like. But you get Friday. You get, what's today? Wednesday now. Wednesday. Wednesday, you get the Clippers. Saturday, you get the Denver Nuggets. And then your Monday. Monday, you get the Pelicans. At home. Also worth noting, the Pelicans play tomorrow. Oh, yes. And then they. Saturday. No. In let Chicago. Me, let me just double check here. Because I, I think they okay. have a back-to-back here coming up. The, the Pelicans' schedule kind of sucks for them Love before it. this game. So Love the Pelicans it. play the Sixers. Then okay. they play Friday. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Woo. Oh. Um, we're yes. So, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's what. That's there a back-to-back. Okay, so they play the Sixers. Then Friday they play the Pelic- They play the Spurs. And then they go Saturday at Chicago. Yeah. And then they have to fly to Sacramento. Correct. And so they have three games before playing the Kings. And that's great news for the Kings yeah. because obviously they have already lost twice to the New Orleans Pelicans. And on top of that, the Pelicans just seem to be a very tough matchup for this Kings team. I know the Warriors seem to be a tough matchup. That felt more like a mental matchup that was tough for them, where I feel like against the Pelicans, it's really that length, that um, that size of Zion, all those things. You have to play close to a perfect game with the roster that you have. Yeah. But you also just, you're at home and you got to bring it. And you played better against the Pelicans at the end of that second matchup. Sure. They are better than how they played New Orleans. And they should, look at how they played in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That was a big time win. Tonight, ugh, ugly, but they grind it out. They yeah. find a way to come back from 24 down. Um, you got yeah, people the Pel- saying Zion is unstoppable against the Kings. Zion, yeah, it's and- fine. I mean, I they, they also lost in Utah last night, right? So like without marketing, mm-hmm. right? So it, it, this shit changes fast in the league. You know, it's like oh they they got, that team has it, your number. It's like well maybe, but they they have to pl- come play here now, and we don't know if Keegan Murray's gonna. Be, I assume Keegan's gonna be back soon. He was questionable Hopefully. before today, but it's a back thing. Who knows how this is going to be? It doesn't seem like it's serious, but now he's missed a few games. Yeah. Um, maybe he's back Saturday. It'd be great to get him back I mean, on Monday. Yeah, and at this point, we are just speculating, but it would be really nice to get him back as soon as possible. And, um, you know, I saw someone else in the chat talking about how, yeah, the Kings just need to knock down their threes against the Pelicans, but really don't rely on that. If they're not falling, you got to get in that paint. I don't give a crap who's in that paint you've got to attack you've got to go at people and that was something we did not see uh against those the pelicans those two losses we'll spend more time breaking down that matchup but that will be the matchup for the knockout round and that does count toward your regular season win total too god just win that i want to go to vegas and watch them play there i just want to see what the vibes are like in vegas and the league's doing some cool things too where like espn tnt are collaborating on broadcast with like charles kenny shack ernie Stephen a and Michael Wilbon. Better hope for Make a Monday it big. win. Yeah. Well, but let's hope for a tomorrow oh, win wait. or today win, whatever today yeah. is. Uh, Kings Clippers. A uh, shout out to Ben who donated. He said, I get more scared with every awesome game Malik plays that we won't be able to afford him in the offseason. Kings are restricted in what they can offer him. Like, be good, very good, but not too good. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Malik would 
I mean, there's just so much season left. I, it's like, how do we speculate? Yeah, the Kings are capped at what they can offer him, but, you know, maybe he feels like he's found a home. You know, it's not, grass isn't always greener. It's yeah. not. And you can go somewhere and maybe you're playing 30 minutes and starting and making more money, but maybe you're not as happy. And I think he, he's very happy. Right I now. agree. He's playing with his best friend and De'Aaron Fox. And he's playing good he's basketball. playing great basketball. A style of basketball. On a winning team. And yep. I think he's rebuilt his image, too. I think people are pretty down on him after the Charlotte thing. Yeah. And I mean, the Lakers didn't bring him back. He comes to Sacramento. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, final thoughts from this game, Morgan. Oh, um, just really happy, like we said, for so many different uh, reasons that we were talking about a Kings win tonight. You know, there's just, there's that extra little special angles going into tonight's game, the drama, even it just being on TNT, um, had a really fun night. Had a really TNT fun knows drama. <laughs> it used to be their tagline. I Is know. it still? I, that's what I was going to say. It could still be when they play all their I mean, movies the, the Lee has to be thrilled with tonight. Has I mean, to be. I know some people probably turn off the TV at mm-hmm. some point, but you know, this is why you don't in the NBA. Close game at the end. I know yeah. it's some guy on Twitter. I turned off the game. They're down 20. It's a joke. I turned on House Hunters on HGTV. I'm like, all right, well. You know how many times people are down by 20 and a team rallies back? Like, you see it all the time. Now, I will say this. If you're a Kings fan, you hadn't seen that um, that much this season for the Kings. When they get in those holes, they stay down there. And on top of that, you hadn't seen it against the Warriors. So what was going to make you believe that it was all of a sudden going to change? But it did change. Uh, I loved and appreciated the resilience of this team. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what they're going to bring next. What a way to cap off the the start of the NBA in-season tournament uh, qualifiers, I guess. There Is that what go. you want to call it? Because sure. like the final game of the night came down to something with meaning on national TV between two teams who just played an awesome series yes. together, Draymond's return, and it was an epic comeback and some wild shit happened at the end. Like, I don't think uh, it could have gone any better for the NBA. Like, maybe it would have been better if it would have stayed closer the entire way. Sure. But, um... Yeah, if I mean, obviously, it, I think it was... The, the product out there was just not cute at first. When I say not cute, it was just not pretty basketball at all. It was not cute. It just, I mean, it wasn't. It didn't even matter if you were a Kings fan or not. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this. But then as it got better and then you see an epic comeback like that, and especially for a team like a Kings team that people already have that like, ooh, can they do it again this season while doing it on national television? So great way to start. Let's hear a part of uh, De'Aaron Fox was on postgame on Inside the NBA. God, times have changed. De'Aaron, you guys have been lows and highs in your entire time in Sacramento. Now y'all are considered a legit contender. Have you noticed how teams prepare for y'all different? Like, every night y'all go out, it's like, no, we got to play or they're going to beat us. Definitely. I feel like there's a respect level uh, that you get in the league. Uh, once you're, you know, considered a good team. And uh, for me, I was patient throughout the years, obviously, uh, a lot of years before me as well. But uh, I tried to stay the course. I tried to continue to grow uh, as a player individually while we were going through those times. And obviously, we, we have a roster uh, that was put together great. And our coaching staff has been phenomenal for us. So um, it, it's fun going out there knowing that you, you give yourself a chance every time you step on the floor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool to hear Chuck give the kids. The Kings get a lot of love on TNT, by yeah. the way. Have I, you noticed that? I, I, and I feel like I feel like 
someone like Chuck actually has some weird small respect for them. Even though, you know, he's calling out the Warriors saying that they're cooked and all these things, even before tonight. It's like sometimes he'll go that extra mile and it's like, you don't need to say it like that. You don't need to use that verbiage. But I think with the Kings, it's really cool that I it's their style of play connects with a lot of people. The Kings last year at this time, through 16 games, were 10 and 6. They're 10 and 6 right hey. now. And that's with Fox missing five games, Keegan being. Ooh. They faced some more adversity this year. And I feel they like, have. in a weird way, long term, this adversity is going to be good for them. It's put guys in different spots. It's yes. made them try different things. It's made them have to not ha- have moments without Fox, you know, have moments without Keegan. Mm-hmm. It's forced the coaching staff to adjust and play different guys, and maybe they get to a point where they feel pretty good with what they have. Yeah. No, I I, I, I like other guys getting opportunities, different experiences. I think it's great for the entire roster. And, and even if you're down the bench and you're not going to see many minutes, it's important that you see some NBA minutes just to get that feel down and just understand, like, hey, got to be ready any any night. <sighs> And you have to do it again tomorrow. Ayo, tonight, well, tonight. Whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? Kings Clippers, the day after playing again, is insane. Uh, also, NBA, let's do a better job of scheduling. I'm sorry. You can't have a team go Friday and then play again Tuesday and go, let's schedule them the next night, Wednesday, and then not play again Saturday. Can we, like, ban back-to-backs in the NBA? Ban them. It's better without back-to-backs in the league. Mm-hmm. That's how I look at it. Um, I'm sure there's stuff we missed. But first but and foremost, dude, you guys are unbelievable. It is almost 1 a.m. And all the amount of people that are here right now, you're just truly unbelievable. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad that we all got to kind of celebrate this together. I know our energy and adrenaline was going into this. So I'm sure a lot of other people felt that same way. So thank you for still being here. And we'll be back again live after Kings Clippers because we are live after every single Kings game. Make sure to spread the word. We'll make sure tomorrow night we, we can we can hang out a little bit longer tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. take calls. It's not a back to back. Yeah, but uh, we love you guys so 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 much. But we got to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your evening. See ya. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.